0: CHAPTER 34 OF THE SOUL, OR RATIONAL PSYCHOLOGY. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. THE SOUL, OR RATIONAL PSYCHOLOGY, BY Emanuel SWEDENBERG. TRANSLATED BY FRANK Sewell, 1837-1915, AND OTHERS. CHAPTER 34. 19. WILL AND ITS LIBERTY AND THE INTELLECT IN REGARD thereto. 378. IT IS MOST DIFFICULT FOR THE PSYCHOLOGIST TO EXPLAIN WHAT THE WILL IS, TO DISTINGUISH IT RIGHTLY FROM THE INTELLECT, AND TO CONSIDER CLEARLY ITS PARTS. FOR THE WILL IS NOT THE INTELLECT, since we are able to wish that which is contrary to the intellect, that is, contrary to the truth understood or to the better conscience. Hence comes the art of dissimulating which so prevails in the earth. We are also able to act from intellect or from the conscience of truth. For the intellect itself searches for truths, but will is led to act as from a certain love, often without knowing whether it be a good love or not. Whence comes the saying, I know the better and desire the worse. 379. But that we may know what the intellect is, we must return to those things that are below the will, of which we have a knowledge, that by comparison and a mode of correspondence we may perceive what it is. Below the rational mind, Bracket, men's end bracket is the lower mind bracket animus end bracket, and below the intellect, the fivefold sensation or the universal sensation, which is called the perception. Affections are attributed to the animus, as are also cupidities. Likewise, loves are attributed to the mind men's, as also wishes so that the cupidity of the animus corresponds to the will in the rational mind the ardour of cupidity in the animus is called desire in the mind mens which is joined with the will itself when we thus truly perceive what relation the perception holds to the animus and also perceive the relation of the intellect to the rational mind then also, understanding the relation of the cupidities to the affections, and of these to the mind, mens, we see the relation of the wishes, bracket, voluntates, end bracket, to the loves, and of these to the rational mind. 380. Now every affection has as it were its animus and particular genius and likewise every love its own particular mind, so that its own mind is said to be in it, and as thus there are as many affections or special animi as desires of the animus, so there are as many loves or special minds as there are wills of the mind. This parallelism occurs in other similar things, so that by mere change of terms, those things are suggested which are proper to the mind. 381. From these parallelisms flow forth, as it were, the synonyms, will, mind, intention, inclination. As when one says, this is your mind, your will, your intention, and so on. But no one says, this is your intellect, unless in those things which are directly subject to the operations of the intellect. 382. That we may perceive what the will is, we ought to first separate it from the intellect, or consider the intellect abstractly from the will. Intellect, viewed in itself, has for its object truth, and the very essence of truth, its nature, quality nay even the connection of truths among themselves as well as truths in goods as in harmonies in affections of the animus in the loves of the rational mind in a word it extends to all things in the universe whose nature it desires to explore it is concerned first in finding out causes from effects or effects from causes which is called the science of dialectics and also topics the method itself a priori or from principles is called synthetics and that a posteriori analytics the method itself of exploring causes is indeed analytics it is similar to the method by which the intellect is produced when the intellect is perfected, then it is possible to proceed by the synthetic way, that is, from principles, which are so many truths. But truly the synthetic way in itself is of the mind, especially of the pure mind. It is, then, the method of the soul and of the angels who laugh at our intellect, for they have their knowledge from themselves, without science or demonstration. The intellect itself is beneath the mind by nature, but the rational mind ought to be beneath the intellect. Another part of the intellect is rational logic, namely to draw conclusions from antecedents and subsequent. 383. But the mind, viewed apart from the intellect, is not rational, but it is all-natural. And is ruled by its own desire and from itself. For it is love, which is an operation of the soul and spiritual, which controls the mind. Loves are either those of the animus or the pure mind. These govern the rational mind, which possesses no love of its own or from itself. The mind always has an end, which may even be its principle, and which may be in its means and may rule everywhere so that in a whole series of means there shall be the same end this end is viewed in the mind and indeed as present whether it be in things past or to come but the mind naturally bears with it all the means which lead to that end for nature is so formed that it may serve the mind as means while its ends are in progress it is natural that means should be separated by time and space but not the end which is the same and because the end is the same in the beginning in the mediates and the last it follows that love is the end this is desired and is promoted by the effects so that we may perceive in the mind the same love its complement and ultimate end which was in the beginning whence springs the pleasure of the body when this love descends into the body it is also possible to ascend and there are accordingly loves of the animus or loves of the soul which control our mind and thus are regarded as ends the intellect viewed in itself is not mindful of any end unless in its own mind as for instance when it thinks for what reason do I desire to know this? And it observes that there is a latent cause which rules it, which is called the love of knowing truths, and which love terminates in some love in its mind. From this it appears that the intellect in itself is the instrumental cause of the superior mind, but it ought to be the principal cause in ruling the animus, its affections, etc. 384. Let us now consider what the rational mind is. For as it is rational, it ought not to be carried from one end or purpose to another, naturally or spontaneously, this being known as instinct, of which instinctive mind no will can be predicated, as willing or not willing but merely an involuntary and unconscious being born to the carrying out of its own destined ends thus the rational mind which is as it were an integral sight ought to associate the intellect with itself not only for instance to observe the truths of its own loves or its ends contemplated as to their quality but also to observe what are the means and in what order they are disposed so that the mind may pursue these ends for this knowledge is required a posteriori when the mind associates with itself the intellect it then is called rational and human three eighty five the reason that the mind ought to associate the intellect with itself is because the mind is naturally born to those ends which are purely animal or of the animus, that is, to corporeal and worldly pleasures, that it should therefore be turned from these and directed towards higher ends. It is necessary that the mind adjoin the intellect to itself. The intellect ought to be the principle in controlling the cupidities of the animus, but instrumental in the loves and desires of the superior mind. For when the mind is inclined to the affections of the body, then the intellect ought to be the most active. But when the mind inclines to spiritual loves, the intellect will be passive. For these loves naturally dispose from themselves means to the end, since all things then flow in a provident order without the intellect its occupation being only in rejecting and moderating the affections of its own animus three eighty six thus the mind regards ends as present in future things consequently even all intermediate ends as constituting one series or chain for the last end or rather the last thing is not given in nature without a succession of means nor can it be promoted without a nature in which it may as it were inhere while the mind is intent on the effect that the mind embraces in itself the mediate ends while nature follows at will as an instrument appears from the various wonderful instincts of brute animals for the spider fabricates its own web most artificially and fastening it under the roof tile he places himself in the middle of it and seizes his food winding it in by the threads bees crowd their cells filling them with honey for the winter they hatch eggs are subject to the queen send out colonies kill the drones birds build their nests skillfully all as it were from a most perfect intellect, know all nature, science and art, mathematics, pneumatics, and anatomy. We are governed by many spontaneous activities, such being a whole natural economy, chemistry, physics, and mechanics. The mind commands every organ and its whole nature, and our intellect after the examinations of so many centuries is not able to discover how it acts even the brain itself to-day lies hidden from our knowledge thus while our rational mind is acting through the will we are still so ignorant that we do not know what the will truly is and how it acts Three eighty-seven thus the loves of the superior or pure mind do not need our intellect for attaining its ends but the ends naturally follow the love of the mind when the love is pure the intellect is only able to effect this that the mind shall rest in the determining of those ends which are the loves purely corporeal since the loves of the body if they are the instrumental causes of the superior mind then flow in natural order the intellect ought also to be interested in advancing superior ends actively but so long as society is otherwise being carried away by so many different cupidities it is enough that it should abstain from those things by which it is led astray the rest belongs to providence which operates secretly through our minds, flowing into actions. All things from themselves and by providence follow the purely good mind to its immortal felicity. All things from themselves and by providence follow the purely evil mind to its infelicity. But pure evils are not given in the rational mind, for in that case it would be given over to its own body and the animus which the mind loves but let us return to the will Three eighty-eight, the will in general signifies mind specifically some special mind or determined love and because the mind comprehends in itself all immediate ends also it perceives what opposes and what does not oppose the attainment of its ends wherefore the rational mind derives the means from its own intellect and it disposes them in the natural order also more methodically as the mind is more perfect and better in this arrangement of means there are as many parts of the mind as there are of the intellects namely cogitation, judgment, and conclusion. The mind thinks while it resolves and considers the means, and at the same time has in view the end to which it tends. It judges when it disposes the means into their true order, in which means it regards the ends which are to follow spontaneously. At length, it concludes or wishes this conclusion is called the will for then all those things are in the will as in an equation which before were in the thought thus the will possesses all the essentials of action as the effort all the essentials of motion this conclusion is different from the intellectual conclusion in which there is no will for the end is not that of acting but of knowing what is true, and thus instructing the mind what end it ought to love, what to wish, and what to avoid. Thus our intellect is able to propose ends, but God provides. 389. Thus the mind with its thinking and judging of means is always present in the will and it contemplates the action itself in the will as present but because it also at the same time regards oppositions and resistances partly from its own intellect partly from itself naturally the will is not able to be determined into action unless the resistances are removed just as an effort which is always bent upon an evil the moment obstacles are removed, rushes forth to its indulgence. 390. There are as many wills as there are ends. Even the intermediate ends themselves are wills. Thus action is a perpetual will, and rational action ceases when the will ceases. And such as the will is, such is the action in man but in brutes, such as in the action, such is the will, which is the same with the cupidity of their animus. This cupidity is controlled by a kind of mind purely natural, but not by a spiritual mind. 391. The will always desires to expand its own internal sensories, as effort always desires to expand itself just as in atmospheres compressed and held in equilibrium by surroundings or even as if held in cords but it is coerced by surrounding things or by so many intermediates in which it is involved which resist but in case they do not resist the will is immediately brought to open action thus will is joined to effort and action to the motion as the spiritual to its natural or the end to its effect, wherefore it is not only a correspondence but a real coupling, and thus the will can be called rational effort for life added to nature becomes that which is called animal three ninety two while the mind is in its own will, it is then limited and determined particularly or specifically and is present in certain fibers of the body, which pertain namely to the action which it has in view. Consequently, it is determined within in certain internal sensories or cortical glands to which the moving fibers correspond, especially the brain from which it contemplates the action of the body as if present but in those resistances which are in and which as it were surround the will it contemplates delay thus in time and space or in that nature itself through which the end is to be obtained thus it is a faculty of the rational mind to regard as times and spaces these same delays degrees and movements of nature or its celerities and distances. Thus, celerity of time corresponds to the idea of time, and distance of place to the idea of space, as also succession to the idea of motion. 393. That the will may proceed into action, the equation it contains must be resolved particularly and by members just so as when we wish to resolve a problem in algebra or its equation into its ratios and analogies by numbers in arithmetic or by figures in geometry 394 when the will thus breaks forth into act it is called the determination of the act and thus a form similar to that in the will is determined in actions the determination itself arises through the expansion and contraction of the cortical glands through which the animal spirit is forced into the nervous fibres and from these into the moving powers of the body whence such an action exists as was in the will thus the mind can go through one fibre after another and one muscle after another with whatever celerity it desires for the muscular system is so articulated and formed that it may correspond to each determination of the rational mind 395 the will also at once recurs with its accustomed spontaneity because the mind acquires its own mutations of state through use and culture and thus it reverts spontaneously to a similar idea for all things on the way have by the same use become so natural that like instrumental causes they serve their principle or chief three ninety six since thus the will is the rational effort and carries with it this nature of desiring to expand its sensories but in a way determined into the form of an action we next inquire how this is physically accomplished in the common sensory, or what is the mutation of state in the sensory when the mind is in its own will. It is not like the mutation in the ideas of its own intellect, which are as many as the mutations of state. Very different is the case with the will and its love and desires for in the determination of certain sensories which the will desires to expand in order to produce its actions weaker or stronger, a form of forces thence exists which is similar to a form of modes or of modifications consisting in mere attempts to expand its own glandules. Thus the will can exist and subsist both separately and together with the mutations of the intellect, and thus the physical cause of the will seems to be made intelligible. 397. But as concerns that liberty which is commonly ascribed to the will, this derives its origin from the fact that we say that we are able to will and not to will, to determine this to action and not to determine it to wish against the better conscience or persuasion of the intellect, thus to stimulate, to deceive, and to contrive wiles. But in this case, the nearest cause of the action is taken for the remote, as is often done in various other things. This is the reason why the will is commonly accepted for the intention and for the mind itself but while the mind thinks and judges concerning means, it is able to vary some, to select others, to change its own mind, yea, even its ends, but all this through the aid of the intellect, which is able to consult, so that the mind and the intellect are in this cogitation, for the most part conjoined, but afterwards they are parted according as the love and will like a cupidity of the mind, carry it away. Thus the mind is able to introduce other means and other ends to its own will, as in a conclusion, even to change those that have been presented to it, to multiply, to divide, to withdraw them, even to the taking away of the whole will and the substituting of a new one according as it foresees success. For this reason, when the mind associates itself with the intellect, then liberty can be predicated of it, as there is no liberty if it is carried away by its loves. Liberty, therefore, is predicated of the will, for the mind is able to judge the whole progress of means, when, how, and how far these shall be determined into act. 398 but indeed, if we look closer into this liberty, it does not seem to be separated from the liberty of the intellect or from the free will, but coupled with it. Without the liberty of the intellect, there would be no liberty of the mind. But the liberty of the mind consists solely in this, that it is able to obey and not to obey its own intellect. 399 meanwhile there is a universal will which is composed of the particular wills which subsist beneath it there is a common will which is composed of other wills as its parts this will is then called mind there is a general will a special and an individual will so that the will may be divided into genera and species there is a will subordinate to another, and a will coordinate with others, exactly as has before been predicated of the intellect. For there are as many intermediate ends and as many wills as there are means. In a word, all will has respect to an effect, in which is an end, thence to a future event. 400 no liberty and no will is left to the soul so long as it remains in the body for it does not act from any previous deliberation since all science and all intellect are connate with it and it is itself science and pure intelligence thus it has not to consult any intellect and associate itself with it because it is by nature associated and most closely conjoined with it of its own nature it then flows into the sphere of the rational mind and its operations are so many spiritual loves which are kindled when the loves of the body and the world are removed but under other circumstances become cold the soul also is held to act according to the will of the rational mind for the rational mind is not able to produce any action from itself this belongs to the soul as to the principal cause, and indeed necessarily, for unless the soul should thus condescend, the whole corporeal machine would go to pieces, and the sensories themselves would be broken up. But, whether it be with its nature or against it, it must consent to action, and thus either love its mind or hate it. This is the reason why no one knows the state of his mind except God himself. End of chapter 34